0: Um, It is a new year, and many people are starting new jobs, and some of those people being first-time workers. So many new people are entering the world of work for the first time, and I know I went through this about three years ago. It's a very stressful and daunting experience as you do not know what to expect. Um, So I thought it's so fitting at the end of January to chat to uh, a lady who works with young people, especially moving them from being uh, just graduated into the corporate or the workspace. She is the founder and director of Bold Curiosity. Her name is Les Stewart, and she calls herself a learning and people development consultant. And we tackled earlier tonight and addressed the obstacles that most young people go through and and how they can overcome that in the workspace take a listen now celeste it is a new year many new people young people have started work already it's the end of january but uh, this is a massive transition from coming out of school or more importantly coming from varsity being a freshly graduated yeah. uh, a 20 something year old what are some yes. of the obstacles young people have when entering a corporate or a, or a big firm
1: Okay, well, thanks, Ronaldo. I think, you know, first up, I just want to say to every young person who's entering the world of work for the first time, congratulations. I know you're probably looking at this and thinking like, yikes, it's a big step, but you've, you, you're sort of going in the right direction. So, so let's get real fairly quickly and talk about the obstacles. Mm. And I, I think you, you touched on it in your introduction when you said making that shift from a student to a full-time employee, I think... We don't always recognize how big that shift is. I mean as a student the focus is very much on your academic performance whereas in the business world it's very much about um, are you contributing, are you meeting the um, the objectives that have been set out for you, are you applying the learning. So um, that, that in itself is a huge shift and all of the work I've done with young people has shown that that People do—they—they um, they battle to understand how complex it is, and then have um, strategies in place to help them. So, so that's the one thing. So, and very much leading on from that, I think the next big big obstacle is just understanding the corporate space. Mm. So, understanding the culture in businesses, understanding the language and the lingo. I mean. I remember when I first started working, I was literally making lists of acronyms <laughs> because I just felt it was, it, was, it was like a whole new language for yeah. me to understand. So just, just, I think, understanding the landscape, understanding the business world um, is, is the next big challenge. The third one, and it's, it's actually one of my favorites, is um, learning to fail. Mm. And it's something that I find young people, when the, when young leaders, when they're coming to the, the working world, there's that sort of initial shock that and the realisation, I suppose, that um, this is not about achieving 100% all the time. In fact, sometimes the only way to learn is by making a mistake and learning mm. to fail and le- learning to fail, learning to fail fast. So um, I think just that that. The other big shift is is recognising that mistakes are essential to your learning, and it's never going to be a um, perfect uh, setup. Mm. You do need to stumble. You do need to at times be incompetent um, because that's how you learn. So so that's that's extremely painful, I think, and I just <laughs> want to emphasise with young people because if you think about the the schooling system in university, so much emphasis is put on you know, how perfect can you be? How many distinctions can you get? And then you eat the working world and it's completely different. Um so we do want professionalism, we do want uh, people to be world class, um, but you are going to stumble. I think I think um the, the other obstacle is the rate of change. I mean, there's so much change happening all the time. Some changes are planned in businesses, others kind of just heat us out of nowhere and just understanding so that's part of the dynamics, you know, in this in this day and age, learning to um, anticipate change and then learning to deal with it is 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 quite important. And then something minor, but something that kind of gets me going is um, mm-hmm. this 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 um, I'm never sure what to call it. so I'll call it this thing for now where um there's an expectation that the young person or the millennial needs to do the coffee runs yeah and fill the printer with paper and water the plant and um i've i've got i've got very strong views around that in that if it's a if it's something that happens on a rotational basis and then everyone in the department gets a a turn to do Mm -hmm. the coffee runs i'm happy to do for you for everyone to do the coffee runs i also say to people to young leaders you know, do the coffee runs now and then because it's amazing how much you get to know about people when you um, drop their coffee or their chai tea or <laughs> their green juice or you know. I'm not trying to be inclusive, but but I, I think it's a system that can be abused quite quickly and it's often associated with a grad or an intern or a millennial so I think that also is a bit of a culture shock like I studied for five years so I need to spend the first month of my working life you know getting the cappuccino orders mm. so um, I think we just need to be mindful of that and, and that is you know we joke about it but it is a real obstacle that young people face I think mm. so just in my experience I found that those are the key uh, challenges
0: I'm actually thinking back to about, uh, th- I think it was three or four years ago, after I graduated, I also started in a, in a big corporate company. I had an induction week and, and after the induction week, I, I was extremely nervous and you mentioned yeah. it as one of your third points because I had the idea that everything I need to do needs to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And taking yeah. a look back, I think that sort of way of thinking about things actually made me work so much slower and actually yeah. um, hindered my, my outsets and my outcomes that yes. I needed to achieve. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. So, so so, all of the research, the latest research um, around learning and and, and this, this idea of the culture of, of, of mistakes. Mm-hmm. Is that um, we need to be looking at a growth mindset as opposed to a fixed mindset. So, all of Angela Duckworth's work around resilience and grit and Dr. Carol Dweck's work around a growth mindset says that if you go into, if you approach a task and you you have this expectation that it's going to be perfect, you, you're not likely to take risks. Um, you're going to work slower than normal because it, there's a high degree of um and whereas if you say look i'm I'm going to i'm probably going to battle with some things and i won't get everything right um i you know you you're likely to i think enjoy the process Mm -hmm. and the experience you're likely to learn a lot more and you're likely to actually look back and reflect on the task and not only become mindful of what you've learned but also how you've learned because i think that's the other big thing is we need to we encourage young people to become skilled learners, and having a growth mindset is, is the way you do it. So absolutely, this is not about it's not about perfection, mm. um, but it's it's about it's about you know, and I say it's about responsible mistakes. Yeah. You know, don't be careless or think it's okay to be mediocre and just give like 60% of what I can do. Give it your all, but know that it's not going to be perfect. And and the, the most important thing is learn from it and move on.
0: Now, I want to move on a bit and and talk about something that I would imagine is is sort of different in each specific situation is different to each person starting a new job when dealing with conflict this one being quite a, mm. a, a sticky one and especially yeah. if you are new. i knew i knew I'm, I'm one of those people who absolutely hates conflict so i'll <laughs> sort of try and leave it until it burst out in my face but but yeah. how does one who's new in a work environment and you yeah. starting as a graduate or as an intern deal with conflict be it um mm. conflict with a project that you're working on or yeah. more importantly uh, a conflict with someone in the workspace if it is yeah. a colleague or a manager how does one would ap- yeah. how, how would one approach that
1: so, so i think ronaldo and, and and thanks for asking it's a lovely question so i wanted to just say no front that conflict is a it's very normal it's to be expected um, and it's part of healthy relationship building. I think part of the the challenge um, happens because people think conflict is an indication that that you know I'm sort of on, off track or I'm mm-hmm. not doing well as an employee. You know, when you hit conflict, when you hit resistance, if we borrow a little bit from from clinical psychology, it actually means that you're on track. You hit a heart button. So, so that's just to create some context. I do want to acknowledge that it's extremely painful and it's one of those things that you can read as many books as you'd like to, (laughs) but it's all about what you do in the moment. So Mm. firstly, it's normal. Um, Secondly, it's essential for building healthy relationships. And the third point I want to emphasize is you know, it's not to be avoided. Um, I found with, with, with young people, with millennials, is that, like you said, often they avoid it. And then it sits and it goes from like being a tiny little incident and you become so fixated on it. And, you know, before you know it, it's grown an arm and a leg and body parts. And it, you become so fixated and it actually becomes toxic. So I, I do want to say you need to develop the courage to actually go and address the person one-on-one if it is a um if i'm having a challenge with a colleague in my team um i also want to say that you know use your lifeline to help you think through the challenge and address the challenge and for me an essential lifeline is your mentor so hopefully the guide the, the has been appointed with it's been matched to a mentor and i think that's where the mentor plays such an important role you know you, you could go to this person and and the, the, the mentor should be a really senior person in the organisation, yeah. and just say to them, I've got this challenge. Help me just look look at it from different perspectives because sometimes it's it's bigger in our own heads than it's what it is in reality. Mm. And then also, how do I you know help me help me work through it and deal with it and get to a point where I can actually have a healthy working relationship. And then I, you know, like I say to young people, you're not going to be besties with everyone. Mm. And that's okay. You know, you're going to have degrees of, of relationship. With some people, we just need to be able to get along so that we can deliver on objectives and, and sort of function as a team. And with other people, you're going to have a, you know, you you can invest more in that relationship. So also just know, you know, what am I working towards? Is mm. it a day-to-day functional relationship or is it a long-term investment where I want to go the extra mile? But the, the point is, do not avoid it work through the discomfort, work through the difficulty, and you really do learn from it. And I'm also speaking from my own experience here. (laughs) Mm.
0: (laughs) You're tuning into Cape Talk, uh, chatting to Celeste Stewart, founder and director of Bold Curiosity. She calls herself a a learning... And and people development consultant. So she knows exactly uh, what people go through in the workspace, especially the transition from coming out of varsity and heading into a big corporate operation. One thing that uh, I I also struggled with in my first year of working was – Balancing work with mm. life. And I think mm. many people think when you start a new job you have to put one hundred and fifty percent in it and you have to achieve and you have to work twelve hours, sit there till nine o'clock mm. because hopefully yeah. that it's gonna give you that permanent position or give you a promotion. Yeah. How does one balance that and how should one balance that?
1: So I think um so so I think that the one of the most exciting things happening in businesses now is that Millennials are starting to um, be appointed into fairly senior positions and I think whats that what that's going to do is it's going to start to change the the culture in businesses and I think we're going to become a lot more open to work life integration flexibility etc mm-hmm. um, just in terms of your your, your comment about one hundred and fifty percent look I think there's value in putting your hair down and working. Mm. I remember at the start of my career, I took on every task that nobody else wanted to do <laughs> because I was not confident. It took me twice as long as everyone else around me. So ultimately, I was putting in the long hours. I think though, just be very careful that it doesn't turn into like modern-day slavery mm. very quickly, um, because you know it's it's there's such a fine line, and be, before you know it, people almost expect that from you all the time. So hence my point about I think the exciting thing about millennials becoming senior leaders is that they can see that, they notice it, they appreciate mm. the importance of work-life integration. They know when. When people arrive at the office, you're not just an employee. You're an employee, you're a parent, you're an artist, you do great something, you you know, you have yeah. a you you're a barista, all of that. So um, so I think we, we can we, we need to appreciate it, but it also needs to be managed from the person themselves. So so, you know, contract with your manager up front and say You know, at the start of a term, for instance, you know, what are the big projects coming up? So that you can anticipate, you know, where where are the likely crunch points, where are the big projects, where are the chances that I may need to work late. I mean, if we are very real, yeah, for people who take public transport, all of that, plan around that. Mm. But don't let it become an everyday occurrence because because we, we teach people how to treat us if we make it if if we if we if we give them the impression that it's okay to work <laughs> full 15 hour shifts every day um that's what's going to become the norm and i think it should be the exception rather than the norm
0: yeah now uh, taking a look from taking a look at this conversation from the other side from the corporate side from the employer side mm. uh, you've worked yes. with uh, numerous corporates and numerous firms with new graduates and all sorts yes. of induction programs discuss a bit uh, what these look like, what you uh, tell these graduates ab- about the workspace, or how this induction program is structured.
1: Yeah, so I think um, it, it's really exciting for me to see that you know a few years ago there's a huge focus on, on recruitment and getting young grads into a business, and, and there's, a, there's an equal amount of focus now on what do we do with our own talent when they enter the business. Mm. So I've seen many things, from a, um, a program that's quite focused on the induction, but in the beginning, so lots of front-end loading, so some workshops, uh, presentations, leaders in the organization coming to address the grads, and then the grads go out into the business, and there isn't much contact with them afterwards, so there's sort of that extreme. And then I think the shift that's happening now is that businesses recognize that we need to constantly support um, there needs to be ongoing support and development of staff. It's not just it's not a it's not a one-off sort thing. We also know from from uh, the the 70-20-10 framework of learning, 70% of your learning happens on the job. Which means we must create systems where there's continuous input, support and development, and we also create spaces for people to learn. So I've seen organisations move towards monthly sessions with their with their grads. I've seen um, you know we we the the training sessions are not focused necessarily on content only, but we create spaces for them to stop uh, reflect, take stock of what they've done, what's working, what's not working, and then formulate your strategy going forward because you you don't have time to think when you <laughs> when you in your department <laughs> yeah. you know it's high pressure so so um I've seen lots of that happening I've seen body systems being set up um you know, we've also seen lots of support being offered to the mentors. Yeah. Um. So I think a huge shift in building a quite a sound infrastructure to facilitate
0: uh,
1: learning and development for the for the young person, but also for everyone around them, like the manager, like the team, like the mentor.
0: Mm. Well, that's and
1: I think that's exciting.
0: Mm, definitely, it's extremely exciting, and I'm happy, like you said, that that corporates are doing. As much as possible to ensure that the the new t- talent and the young talent um, fits in with the business, and obviously most businesses being ever changing, and it, it's happening at a very fast pace. W- uh, yes. One thing you would tell a, a new person who's sitting in a job that he or she started about two weeks ago: what is the one word of advice or one tip you would give them?
1: Um, I think just um, it's hard. For, <laughs> it's hard for me to put it down to one, but I. I really do want to say that the point I made earlier about resilience, grit, and a growth mindset, um, mm-hmm. you're starting your journey. It's the start. Um, you are, you know, commit yourself, be full on commitment when it comes to your tasks and assignments. But recognize that you're not going to be 100% all the time, and that's okay. So learning to um, embrace failure as part of your learning and see it as an essential part of your development, mm. I think is absolutely key. So for me, it's that tension between how can I deliver world-class service as a, as a young person in the business and recognize that I'm going to make mistakes and make that part of my learning. So that's, that's my, the, the essence of what I would say to a new person.
0: Well, um, Be
1: be kind to yourself, I think. Be hmm. very kind to yourself. You know, despite what people say about young people and, you know, entitled and all this millennial bashing that I really don't support, (laughs) is that young people put lots of pressure on themselves and they expect to be at the point of adding value fairly quickly, like within a month. And so they set really high expectations for themselves. So just yeah, embrace the growth mindset and learning is a, it's a journey. It's a process and you're really just at the start of it. Mm.
0: Well, thank you so much for chatting to us in Cape Talk, Celeste. and Pleasure. Best, best of luck with the, the future endeavors and, and dealing with these new, fantastic, talented graduates in, in new workspaces. Thanks, Ronaldo.
1: Thanks so much and thanks for having me.